step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Station, it is 9 past 8 and 71 degrees on a Monday morning. Our interview with Senator Nate Libby will be up on our website momentarily. Just go to Z1055.com and click on Listen to Interview. It's that simple. Right now, we are joined by the folks from the Franco-American Collection. They're from other places as well, but that's what they're going to talk about today. Janet Roberts is the coordinator of the Franco-American Collection. Good morning, Janet. Hello. Good morning. And uh, Roger Philippon, who you might know from a little place called Central Maine Community College, is the board chair of the Franco-American Collection. Roger, good morning to you. Bonjour, mon ami. Comment vas-tu ce matin? That was yesterday, same time. <laughs> same place, actually. 24 hours ago, I think. Actually, no, I think it's at 9 a.m., so you'd be a little bit late. I, Good morning. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming in and, and giving me a mild heart attack there. I was, I was going to call Connie Cody immediately or, or Mitch Thomas be like, hey, I'm going to need some help here. So, um, Janet, uh, talk a little bit about you, where you grew up, and, and how you got involved in, uh, in the, the Franco-American collection. I grew up in Farmington, Maine, so not that far from the Canadian border. And although I am not Franco myself, uh, certainly there's plenty of Franco-American culture around there. I went to school out of state, Williams College in Massachusetts, uh, worked out of state for 10 years building scenery for a professional theater, which you might think would not be a logical lead-in <laughs> to working with history, but my... Uh, my college degree was actually in history in French, and so then for my second career, I sort of went back to the history and did uh, historic preservation for a number of years. And I've also been working at the Maine State Archives since 1990, sort of off and on and grant funded. Uh, and then when I saw this job come up, when I was able to go back and finally incorporate all that French that I learned back in, uh, in undergrad, I jumped at it and uh, it's just been a great, I only started at the end of June, uh, but it has been a great, great way to pull together all sorts of different things that I've done in my career. What, why French? Was there something about it early on that you're like, wow, I really like the, the, the language? What, what was it? Probably just because that's the, the only foreign language that I heard spoken at mm. all. I mean, because the French Canadians would come through Farmington um, on their way to other places in Maine. So I would hear them speaking this foreign language and it sounded really cool. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it is. And it, it is. is. <laughs> and it is. And actually then, of course, the other reason is it was the only language that was offered in, we, I actually had some junior high French and then in high school. Um, and then, uh, and then, so I just kept it up. Now you also oversaw the microfilming of Les Messagers, a, uh, and let me know if I did that wrong or a little too fancy, uh, Lewiston's <laughs> French language newspaper there. Talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, Le Messager was published, and I'm trying to think, it was late 1800s, up through, it was fading and using English up through the early 60s uh, yes. before it finally faded away. Um, but mo for most of its life, it was all French. 
And so we knew that that was one of the papers. It had been microfilmed earlier, um, sometime I think in the 50s, but it was really, really bad microfilm um, that was not holding up well. And so we were able to get a run of it from 1917 on, and we knew it was just very, very important to save this important record of the Franco culture. And so we microfilmed that good run. We still were never able, for all the searching we did, we were not able to find papers that pre, you know, a good solid run of, that predated 1917, which was a big regret. But at least we saved and were able to make easily, easily readable the stuff from 1917 mm -hmm. on. So that was fun, just looking at the headlines and seeing mm -hmm. the, all the reports of the gruesome mill accidents and, and uh, the life of the, the Franco community. I actually, uh, Maddie, as a very young boy, assisted my older sister uh, deliver Le Messager in its final years in the 1960s. I think at that time it had become a weekly and mm -hmm. not a daily, but I actually helped my sister uh, deliver it a few times. Wow. See, what a tie-in there. Well <laughs> I actually kind of pronounced it right, which was nice. <laughs> Janet Roberts, Roger Philippon, they're in to talk about the Franco-American collection. We'll talk about that coming up. That is over at USM, located on the Lewiston-Auburn campus. It's a breakfast club on Z1055, 814, 71 degrees. Bringing you the 80s, 90s, and today. We are young. We continue now with Janet Roberts and Roger Philippon. They're talking about the Franco-American Collection over at USM. It's located on the Lewiston-Auburn campus over there. Guys, let's talk a little bit about the Franco, uh, the history of the Franco-American Collection, how it got started and stuff like that. The collection actually got started back in 1972. Uh, a group of local prominent Franco-Americans, along with some folks at uh, St. Dom's High School, uh, got together and uh, under an effort sponsored by the Lewiston Historical Commission, the French-Canadian Institute of St. Francis College, which is now the University of New England, and the Maine Commission on the Arts and Humanities. So they began to co collect uh, historical archival material about the local Franco-American his history. It was known originally as the Centre d'Héritage Franco-Américain. It had several homes it outgrew each home as, uh, uh, as the collection grew, collection grew. Then in 1987 or 1988, um, the folks at the University of Southern Maine, Lewiston-Auburn campus, uh, extended an invitation to uh, house the collection um, at the campus. And that, that happened at that time. And the collection has been at Lewiston-Auburn campus of USM uh, ever since. And it's now known as the Franco-American Collection. I might add, not to be confused with the Franco-American Center at St. Mary's, uh, another great Franco-American organization in the community with whom we collaborate on uh, numerous activities. Now, does someone need to have a Franco-American heritage to enjoy this current exhibit? No, not at all. Certainly, if you have Franco-American heritage, especially from this area, you're more likely to see people you know in the pictures. <laughs> um, but anyone with any sort of interest in local history, in music, a section of it is on musical groups. So even seeing the pictures of all the, 
the kids and adults with their accordions is great fun, even if you mm-hmm. yourself uh, might not be all that familiar with accordion music. Uh, there's also a section on architecture. Uh, there's taken by uh, uh, Jerry Walters. Jerry DeWaters. DeWaters. Um, uh, so some great photography there, great architecture, and it just uh, a lot of human interest. There's some section on veterans, and there was I know there was a section on some some stuff, some wedding stuff. Mm-hmm. So there are things that can appeal to any age and a wide variety of interests. Talk with Janet Roberts and Roger Philippon about the Franco-American Collection. It's at the USM Lewiston-Auburn campus now. We'll have more coming up. It's a Breakfast Club, Z1055. It's 825, 72 degrees. St. Dominic Academy is the premier college preparatory school in Central. It is 837 and 72 degrees. We're talking with Janet Roberts and Roger Philippon. They're talking about the Franco-American Collection over at the USM Lewiston-Auburn campus. How long is that going to be over there for, by the way? The exhibit uh, the exhibit will be open until October 10th? Yes, that's correct. And it's open from 8 to 4.30 on Monday through Friday. It's right, when you go in the main entrance of the campus, it's right in the, the atrium there, the big space in the center. Now, Janet, are you giving guided tours, and are you doing it in French for folks? Um, no. Okay, all right, just checking. <laughs> yeah. Roger could. I mean, Roger, Roger has the, could. the French, uh, the French yes, And yes. Janet's French is quite good as well, I oh, might add. Yes, but not, not quite ready for the tours yet. Okay. But they, there are labels on each of the exhibit pieces. Well, that's, that's good. Now, if people have seen previous collection exhibits, are there any new items in the exhibit now? Yes, yes, there are. They're the core of the new exhibit pulls together several exhibits from the past, but then we do have um, one thing that we're, we're very proud of, which is the um, original score for Dirigo, which is the official Main State March. And we also have some other memorabilia from the life of Leo Pepin, who is the composer of Dirigo, that his family donated. Oh, wow. I was just about to ask how you get that stuff, but the family just sent it over? Yes, the family donated it. That's the way we've gotten most of the items in our collection, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Absolutely. People who have go through their attics or, you know, look at what they have and they see that they have diaries, letters from when their grandfather was a soldier over in Europe, um, and they don't, nobody from the family wants them and they don't want them to disappear. And so they donate them to the collection. So we're always looking for more items within sort of space constraints because we we collect, it's mostly paper-based photographs and and paper-based things, but we do also have artifacts um, like Dolly, who is the the sheep or lamb for the St. Jean-Baptiste Day parades. Um, so we do have some larger items, but um, so so there's a limited number of those we can collect, and a lot um, of audio recordings, a lot, yes. lot, lot of music, yeah, yes, or oral histories and um, and newspaper clippings, uh, musical programs, uh, commemorative programs, mm-hmm. uh, a lot on local political history, but, uh, mm-hmm. a real strength of the collection, I think. Yes, and also clubs, um, things you may not have thought very much about that snowshoe clubs were very, very big um, in the Franco-American community back 30s and 40s? Do you know when they were? That's probably when they peaked in interest locally, yes. Uh But they were active for a long time. 
There's actually a snowshoe up in Rumford a couple of years ago that closed due to snow, and I, I thought that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> like, it was on the cancellation screen, and you're like, really? That actually happened? That's pretty cool. Like, isn't that the point? But I don't I know, you know? Another thing included in the current exhibit that a lot of folks might uh, remember very fondly is the uh, building blocks that were part of the set for the... Um, Lewiston Bicentennial musical production called Lewiston A New Home um, and those giant uh, building block set pieces are, are right in the, the, the main entrance of the uh, atrium lobby. Oh wow the, it all sounds like fun and interesting stuff that's for sure. Now is there more than one organization in the in the LA area that promotes collects or, or studies Franco-American culture? Yes, and which sometimes leads to a little bit of confusion. Oh, I'm um, sure that never happens. <laughs> but with with Lewiston Auburn being the biggest um, concentration of Franco-Americans yes. in the state, it makes sense that you'd have a number of organizations. And so we're the Franco-American collection associated with USM, and our focus is on collecting we do do exhibits and other outreach sort of things but collecting and then there is the what Roger Zari mentioned the Franco Center for Heritage and the Performing Arts and that is located at the former St. Mary's Church and their focus is a little more activity and performance based yes. there's the main Franco-American genealogical society so that's something if you really want to get down to nitty-gritty, tracing your roots, I believe back to France even, that would be the place you'd go for, for a lot of that stuff. Um, there's also Museum LA, which is not specifically Franco, but they focus on the history of work, industry, and community. They're located in one of the te old textile mills, so certainly a lot of their collections connect very Indeed. closely with the Franco community. Um, and then sort of stepping even a little further away from Direct Franco, there's Androscoggin Historical Society, which um, would, I presume, have some Franco-related material. Mm -hmm. um, but, yes, yeah, so, so there are several of them. But, um, but we all do pretty well at working together and not stepping on each other's right. toes. <laughs> Janet Roberts, Roger Philippon are talking about the Franco-American Collection. It's located at the Lewiston-Auburn campus of USM. And that's running Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30 through October 10th. It's The Breakfast Club on Z1055. We'll have more with them coming up here on The Z. The Breakfast Club. The news continues now. Ed Sheeran with Photograph, Z1055, LA's only local radio station. Janet Roberts and Roger Phillip on are in talking about the Franco-American Collection. The exhibit is happening now over at the USM Lewiston Auburn campus. It's running 8 to 4.30 Monday through Friday through October 10th. Now, what happens after the exhibit is, is done on, on October 10th? Can you still look at the collection? What's the plan for that? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. Um, the Once the exhibit is down, we still have some very small exhibits in our research space, in our collection space. Uh, but the main thing that people would want to come for is to actually do research um, and even... I'm not talking necessarily about writing a long paper or anything, but they want to see if we've got a school yearbook or pictures of the snowshoe club from when their grandfather, great-grandfather, um, was around. So a lot of people come to see if we have anything about people that, that they know 
to find out more about their families and what they did. Folks would really be surprised at the uh, depth and breadth uh, of the collection uh, and how much we really have in our archives. That's a, that's a really good point. Now, um, what, uh, is the collection still growing? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Very much so. As I mentioned, the, uh, the new thing in the exhibit, the donation from the Pepin family, um, so all the time we are getting donations from, from people who realize that they have valuable and not monetarily valuable necessarily, but things that are very important to the history of the normal families that lived in Lewiston and Auburn um, over the last hundred, hundred, more than a hundred years. The family of the late uh, Robert uh, Couturier, who had, who had been mayor of Lewiston, a state senator, also a radio personality here locally. Uh, they donated some material uh, uh, to the collection recently, including some uh, audio recordings, uh, even some um, uh, video uh, recordings that Mr. Couturier had made back in the 1960s. And I think at least one of his radio broadcasts we now have as well. That's fantastic. Now, if people are interested, are there ways for them to be involved with the collection? Yes, there are. So, um, first of all, we're always interested in more information. If somebody goes to the exhibit and they see that a label is incomplete, that we clearly don't know the names of the people who are in the picture, and they do, we're always interested in getting more information about the, the things that we have. and. We also have some volunteers that help with the collection. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just sort of mundane listing things, but even that can be fun if you're looking at at pictures or typing things into the computer, you get to look at the the old things. So, and then uh, we do have a board, a volunteer board, um, and so that's a more responsible way you can volunteer that requires a little bit more of a commitment, but can also be fun. Roger Philippon and Janet Roberts talking about the Franco-American collection over at the USM Lewiston Auburn campus, 8 to 4.30, Monday through Friday through October 10th. Go check out the exhibit. Guys, thank you very much for joining me on a Monday morning. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Well, thank you, and, uh, and good luck on your on your golf tourney today, Roger. I hope you, <laughs> hope you do well. I hope you Freddie couples that thing. Okay? <laughs> right. Thank you. It's The Breakfast Club, Z1055. It's 8.53 and 73 degrees. The Breakfast Club. This is your sports. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.